ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Honey I'm Home podcast. I'm your host, Irvin, and I'm joined by two great brothers, Clamore and Brian. Yo, yo, yo. Before we get into it, I just want to kick it over to Clamore, who came up with the idea for this podcast. So first question, Clamore, tell us about why you thought it was important for, you know, tell us how you came up with this idea you know, tell us about yourself, where you're from, and why you think it's important for us to have this conversation. All right. Hey, everybody. I'm Clamore. Um, I think the biggest reason I started this was to bring awareness, to bring support, and to kind of dispel some of the, the, ag- the difficulties around men being stay-at-home dads. I don't think there's a lot of support in that regard for men and it often happens that for me personally when I'm out you have those weird looks in the middle of the day like there's a black guy with two children and they're actually happy the kids you know are happy around the dad he's paying attention to the dad I could go to a library and I'll be the only father in there with a room full of women and it's like oh and just like a silence. And it's not in my head because even the comments say that. So to dispel all of that, I just wanted to build a support group for men who are stay-at-home dads and to say, hey, it's not, you're not an anomaly. This is normal. Fatherhood is normal. So I want to redefine what it means to be a father, redefine fatherhood and make it a normal conversation rather than an outlier. That's good stuff. That is good stuff, Lamar. So tell the people where you're from. I am from Trinity Land in Port Maria, St. Mary, Jamaica. I grew up in the mountains. Yes, sir. I grew up in the bush. I love the bush, not not that other stuff that y'all smoke. I'm talking about the trees the fresh river running through the mountains. Oh, I was going to say, this is a family show talking about bush. And I ain't talking about that kind of bush. I clarify. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) I grew up in the country and the country is what I love. (laughs) That's where I'm from. Good stuff. All right. So also on the podcast, we got Brian all the way from Arizona. Yep, yep. The state that was so slow to make dark, dark, blah, to make dark. (laughs) The state, one of the last states to make MLK Day a actual holiday. Uh, but, Brian, tell us about yourself, where you're from. Uh, yeah, yeah, since we're going all the way back to the beginning, I am from Brooklyn, New York, originally, uh, <clears throat> by way of lots of other places, just landed in Arizona, and uh, I am a father of two, married to a wonderful woman, and you know, just to piggyback a little bit off of what Clamora said a little while ago, I often say I feel like when I take my girls out in public, like I'm in a parade. Uh, you know, it's like people see you and, and they wave and almost like give you a golf applaud as you walk down the street like it's an amazing thing. I'm just going to the park, regular everyday stuff, you know. Um, so I, I think that the myth of fatherhood is just that, you know, you look at it, um, 
the stereotypes of black men not being part of their family is is something that is no longer um, statistically true, but the stereotype still exists. And the things that cause those situations in this country, that the institutionalized racism and, and, and the jail systems and murder and all that kind of things that keep, that have kept black men traditionally out of the home and that have painted that picture. It has changed so much in the past couple of generations that it's becoming more of a norm, but it's still looked at as kind of like a strange thing when people see it. Um, so, you know, my, my desire is to not only bring light to something that I think is becoming more and more normal, but to provide a support group for men because it doesn't exist. Uh, you know, it's, it's <laughs> in a way for other men with same situations to come together and to talk and, and build a community. So I think that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to build a community of men, of fathers, to talk about issues and learn from one another and make this a regular thing, more of a regular thing. What, what, what about you, Irv? What, what, tell us your story. What's your deal? Can I kick it? Yes, yes can. you can. Hey, uh, I'm not from the state where that song is from. <laughs> I'm from... Uh, <laughs> that was also New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not from there at all. I'm from more like Cap D coming. Cap D coming. Cap D coming. Skirt! Yeah, yeah. Born right here in Orlando, Florida. Uh, grew up in Pensacola. Uh, left this beautiful sunshine state and went to the, the land of lovers where I met my wife. Didn't know that she would be my wife when I met her. Fast forward 10 years later, Lord have mercy, 10 years later, I got two girls and found myself as a stay-at-home dad. And, um, <clears throat> you know, there's not a lot of examples of seeing that, right? It's not a lot of examples of seeing that in the Black community, not a lot of examples of seeing that, period, uh, as men, as dads. So uh, when we got here to Orlando, I was able to connect with Kamor. And we just started, you know, like kicking around this conversation about, you know, what it's like to be a stay-at-home dad. And here we are with the podcast. So I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it. Excited to uh, have connected with uh, Kamor and Brian. Uh, these are great brothers. And we're excited about having this conversation and really just bringing a light, you know, that one, you're not alone. Two, there's a community of dads that understand the, the highs and lows. And three, we're gonna be having great conversations about what to do, um, how to manage stuff, practical tips that you can use. We're also gonna be doing interviews. Make sure you check out our website, redefiningfatherhood.com. And so we're just excited to bring this, this positive content to the people. All right, so with that said, we're gonna kick it off with this first question. So why did you guys decide to stop work and stay at home? Cause you know, men are supposed to be working, supposed to be bringing the bacon. You know, you're supposed to be like, you know, like, yo, kicking the door home. Like, honey, I'm home, right? But now it's flipped. She coming through the door saying, honey, I'm home. Where the bacon? Where the dinner at? <laughs> so um, 
Brian, once you kick it off, man, what what made you decide to stop where to stay home? First off, what kind of work were you doing um, before you? Oh. Well, you know, okay, you, you know, I, I, first off, I'm, I'm a restaurant manager. I'm a restaurant person. I was a server and bartender and a chef, got into restaurant management, and I've been in and out of the restaurant business for, oh, let's see, I think my first restaurant job, I was actually in high school. I've been in restaurants since, since the very beginning. My very first job was at Popeye's Chicken, University Drive, Huntsville, Alabama. And then, um, and I've pretty much been in restaurants ever since, you know, I had a, had about a, a little period of time where I worked as a government contractor. I was a technician, uh, uh, did a lot of building and test equipment for the army and, and, and stuff like that. And that was fun and it was good, but I, I'm, I'm a cook. I'm a restaurant person at heart. And my wife is too. And we met in a restaurant. We both used to work at the same restaurant, also in Huntsville, Alabama, Macaroni Grill. And um, when we got married, shortly after we got married, we had our first kid about a year in and I got laid off. And I ended up being at home more than I had planned on initially because of my work situation. I started working again, but then I was working like evenings. And so, and I kind of like stayed in that working evening kind of realm for a long time. And also being in restaurants, you know, it's, it's anyway. Um, so for a long time, I was kind of like, fell over myself as like a part-time stay-at-home dad because I was like, you know, with your kids, most of the stuff that happens with taking care of your kids is the daytime stuff, you know, because uh, uh, they go to bed, they're asleep by eight o'clock. You know, <laughs> so, so like from, from morning time till five or six o'clock, kids were mine. I'd go into work in the evenings and then we had another kid and then we had another kid. And for some reason, the Lord kept putting me in these positions where we had kids where I ended up being at home. I'd lose a job or something would happen. Situation would end up where I'd be at home with the kids and, um, once we moved to Florida and had our third kid and my wife had started working as a restaurant manager at one restaurant and then moved into the office working in accounting and started doing well and doing better and better. We made a decision that was partly financial because the cost of childcare and partly because we saw her potential and her growth in her position. And we decided that, her career was the one that we would put more of our effort into growing um, and that I would focus on being home with the kids because that was best for our family. Um, taking into consideration the gender roles or the gender norms or what a man does or what a woman does wasn't really any of our concern. It was, basically, it was strictly what was best for our family. And I would have to say, uh, traditionally, a lot of roles in our family are traditionally different than what people would expect as your typical husband duties, wife duties, and so forth. One of those main things being the fact that I cook. So I do all the cooking in the house and grocery shopping and, and all those kind of things. So, so taking care of certain aspects of the day-to-day -day life and being with the kids 
was was already like a natural thing. It felt like it was part of just what I was doing, the type of person that I am. So the transition was seemingly from before I actually made the full transition to being stay-at-home dad, seemed like it was going to be an easy thing. Seemed like it was going to be just like the normal next step. Little did I know that the mental health aspect of going to work and being away from your kids for six or eight or 10 hours a day is very, very helpful. <laughs> so, you know, so, so I have had to learn how to maintain, how to take care of me while taking care of my kids. So that's good yeah. stuff there, Brian. That's good. So one of the things you said was, you know, you all decided to, you know, put her career first. So Kumore, uh, when you was talking to your wife, did y'all go through that kind of same discussion? Like, hey, you know, your career is going to come first. I'm going to hold out home. You know, what what was it like for you when you decided to stop working and stay at home? Before we decided to stop, both my wife and I were working conventionally. She was in HR. I was working as a tech at a psych hospital, which I really enjoyed. And I did a lot of uh, different medical you know, jobs. And I always took the night shift. I've been working night shifts since I was 17 years old. And uh, I was just used to it. So when we had a kid, having worked at a daycare before, I told myself I would never put my child in a daycare. I would never let someone else influence my child. And I decided that no matter what, I'm going to be, you know, the one to to be with my kid if it came down to that. Lo and behold, God said, all right, here's your first son. Let me see if you're gonna keep your word on that. Sure enough, you know, took the night shift, um, had our first son in 2017, and my wife worked in the daytime. I worked at night and I would stay up with the, with the baby. And when he slept, I slept. And um, our days were literally like, as they say in uh, in the hospitals, like shift report and shift change. You know, I would go drive and pick her up um, at work and come home. And I'll tell her on the ride home everything that happened during the day. And then when I dropped her off, I just took on, <laughs> took off and went to work. And so I'd be up working at night and she would be up. I would get home. She would jump in the car after work. And I'll take her to work. And now I have the boys and we'll do our shift change report about how they did in the night, if she's been up all night. And um, that's kind of how it rolled. And then we, we, because we're adventurers, like little nomads, we, we never live in one place for more than a year. Um, we spent two years in Houston and the longest we've stayed anywhere uh, together as a married couple and um, her job moved us here and I was looking for a job and I wasn't really getting any luck finding a job and when we moved here to Florida uh, we were expecting our second son and so as I'm looking for a job you know something to do at night I wasn't having any luck and then COVID hit and I was like all right then I got an email from a, a company saying hey we're not no longer hiring because of COVID I was like, all right, well, I don't mind staying at home with my kids because 
I love staying on with my kids. I like teaching my sons. I like making sure that they're learning my values at all. And like Brian said, daycare and childcare is expensive. And we're not trying to put out that kind of money. That's a bad, I'm not knocking anybody that does it, but for our family vision and mission, it's, uh, it's a poor investment for us. So we decided to stay at home and you know, my wife, she already has a terminal degree. She has a doctorate. So she makes more money than I would anyway. And I'm also pursuing school online, going for um, psychology masters in counseling. So, you know, as I'm going through that phase, you know, she's making tons more money right now. So we're like, your income would be our thriving um, fund right now. And, you know, we just... We just went with the punch and so far it's been working great and raising i wouldn't give i wouldn't give this up for anything in the world like being with the boys watching them grow just seeing all of these things that kids do that i have a feeling is what i did to my parents and my uncles i'm just like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna embrace it i'm going to embrace it yeah you know it's funny too because um Oh, wow. I had a point and it literally just left my brain that quickly. <laughs> kick it. Just kick it. Just kick it over. Oh, oh okay. So, yeah, you know, to, to, and just to add a little bit on the point you were just making, more about child care and, um, you know, I, there are benefits. My first child, we never really wanted her to be in daycare. When we moved to Florida, she was two, almost three, when we decided to put her in daycare part-time for socialization, basically. Um, and it, was, it helped. It helped a lot. And I liked it. The place where she was, I really liked. I think if the situation was different, I wouldn't have done it. But it was someplace where I was comfortable and I knew people that were there. And it turned out to be a fantastic place, a fantastic experience. As a matter of fact, if I was still in that town right now, I would put my children in that daycare just because I love that place so much. Being someplace else where I don't really know the situation, to be in a situation where I'm going to spend, and these are real numbers now, I'm talking 20 plus thousand dollars a year just for somebody else to take care of my kid. And, and at the time, I was making l a little bit over 40 grand a year. And we're talking about me spending over 20, 20 something grand. I can't remember what the exact number was, but we're talking about 2000 uh, I, over $2,000 a month in, in, in daycare. Um, you know, just so somebody else can take my kids so that I can squeak by and maybe bring home a couple hundred dollars a month after daycare and gas and all the other things required. So, you know, from that standpoint, you know, if I was making 80, 90, a hundred grand a year and I was paying 20 grand a year for childcare, and that would have been a better financial situation. I would have been like, Hey, you know what? This makes a sense. I don't want to leave this $90,000 a year job, but 45 i'll walk away from 45 to, for my children like <laughs> especially yeah, especially when my wife doubled that in like two years you know she went she, she listen this woman 
is this this woman had increased her salary uh 200% in 3 years um okay well one two yeah something yeah like hey Brian, can yes. I, can I borrow a dollar <laughs> I just want to know you put you put it out there brother put it out there I'm just saying can I can I borrow a let dollar, five dollars. That's, I'm, that's I'm, all I'm, I'm asking I'm, for I, sir I, I, let me hold but, five. But I, think, I hit I think, you on cash app. Hit you on cash app. I appreciate that, man. You know, it's interesting. You you both brought up the fact about the money, right? And having that kind of going through that analysis of, you know, this is how much it costs, right? And certain, you know, throughout the country, uh, it's no secret that you know childcare uh, takes up a lot of people's income, right? Um, you know, here in Florida, childcare in Orlando area. You know, it can range anywhere between 700, you know, to 1,000 per child, right? Um, when you get out to places like California, uh, it can it can be about 1,400. It was steep in average, Virginia. You know, it was, for it a hurt child. me just to see the prices in Virginia. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, you both brought it up. So so let me ask you this. Um, for, you know, the other dads who are listening and, and the moms, right, to, to everyone that's listening, you know, as men, we're taught, you know, that we got to bring in the money. So to go from, you know, you got to be, you got to be working, you got to be hustling. So to go from like bringing in some money to like zero and, and pretty much redefining your value being a home, which doesn't have a dollar amount, how, how did you guys like wrestle through that? Like, how did you get through that? How did you get a ride to the point where, all right, it's all right now. I'm not making any money. I'm, but I'm here for, I'm here for my daughters. I'm here for my sons. Yeah, I think uh, there has to be some communication first and a plan put in place. I mentioned earlier, you know, my wife. She works in HR. She's a huge business head, and one of the strategies that we've done is create a mission, vision, and core value system in our house. So. All of our focus, everything we do as a family points towards those mission, vision, and core values. So that includes our finances. That includes how we spend money outside the home, inside the home, the things that, you know, we invest in. If it's not, if it's not building our reserves, then it's not, it's not really conducive to, um, um, to our, to our family growth. So I would say for a lot of our listeners that, you know, are struggling with that, especially during right now in COVID, like take it, take advantage of this time right now to make a plan, develop a strategy and get creative, you know, start becoming creative, start thinking outside the box. There's so many opportunities out there for us to, to build something from scratch right now. Take advantage of it. Talk to your, your partner, talk to your spouse, whatever, wherever you are in your relationship right now. Sometimes you might have to suck it up and maybe go back and live with the parents for a little bit. And, you know, if you're still working just to save some money, you know, we got to do whatever we can right now to, to build and grow grow your family and to support your family in any way that you can. Brian, what about you? What was that, that um, conversation? You know, like? and I, 
I, I think it's important to add this one point, and I think this makes a difference. Um, in our marriage, in our family, we don't look at money as mine money, her money. It's our money, okay? So, and a lot of people aren't like that. So I think in our situation, making a financial decision was easy because of the way that we view our money as a household. As long as the household is doing well, it doesn't matter where the money's coming from. You know, it does her, me, both of us, it doesn't matter as long as it's coming in and the family's taken care of, that's all that really matters. Um, so, and, and, I, and I know a lot, of, a lot of marriages are different where people have separate bank accounts and, and, and keep all their money separate and they separate the bills and, and whatever. So in that kind of situation, the conversation would have to be a lot different because you're not just, because you're, you're shifting more than just who's working. You're shifting the whole financial dynamic of your relationship. Um, <clears throat> so as far as that's concerned, it wasn't hard for me. Like, I don't have like a male ego where I feel like I've got to be winning the bringing home the bacon to feel important. You know, uh, what's important to me is my family. My wife feels good about what she's doing. She likes it. She enjoys it. Um, My kids are taken care of. They, they like being home with me. They, they think I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. They'd rather be home with me than her anyway, to be honest with you. So, I mean, it's, (laughs) so it's like, (laughs) Brian, I just want to remind you that uh, she, when she's this gonna, podcast ends, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta it's, go listen, back. Listen, it's no, it's back no. On. I just want to remind you of that it's no, it's no secret. She'll tell you the same thing. You know, uh, it's it, it's no secret at all, and um, and that's just the way that it is. You know, um, it, it really wasn't hard. It didn't become hard for me until I was like in the trenches you know, like a year in, and you know, there was a, there was a lot of other factors involved in why my first year as a stay at home dad was rough. Cause it was rough. Um, but it wasn't just, bec- it wasn't because I was, it wasn't because of the kids, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't because of what I was doing. It was just because of everything else going on in my life at the time and where I was and, being away from my family and not having any help or a support group um, like I have now. You know, I'm closer to family. I've got grandparents. I've got you guys to talk to that I didn't have before. And, and so things are different. It's, it's not something that can be done alone. It's just not, okay? Like people that are like legit single parents, that do it all the time by themselves. I really honestly don't know how they do it. Um, my mom, she raised us. She was, but even, I mean, even, even then we still at least went to go to my dad's, uh, you know, they were divorced, but we spent every other weekend at his house. At least she was able to get rid of us sometime time, you know, like <laughs> not having uh, the saying, the whole cliche it takes a village. It's the truth. You know, Brian, that's so true. You, you make a good point about, you know, yeah. community, right? 
like mm-hmm. dads, you know, you, you need community. You can't, you can't do it by yourself. Yeah. Um, uh, hold so, on, Irvin. Before you jump in, I realize that we didn't even get a chance to give, uh, let you tell us how you transitioned. <laughs> yeah. yeah we, um, we so we that's just... that's true, right? You know, you talk about community. Um, as I was saying about community, it was it was actually looking at our community and thinking about what's best, right? Uh, because for my wife and I, we're both like we're go getters. We're both go getters. You know, she's a she's a military officer. Uh, serves this country proudly. I'm proud of the fact that she puts her life on the line uh, day in and day out, you know, to defend the freedoms of this country. Uh, my job was an engineer. So I build products and test products, some of the products that get used by, you know, our, our armed forces. So it, it, was, it was a tough decision. It, it, was, it was a tough decision. What really you know, drove me to become a stay-at-home dad because we were apart. We were married, but we were living and working two different states. So she was in Texas working. I was in Maryland working. And we was trying to figure out how to get closer. We got closer, uh, and, but I was living and working in Arizona, coming home on the weekends while she was still, you know, going and working pretty hard in Texas. And so uh, she I got can tell pregnant. y'all missed each other because those kids are really close in age. <laughs> <laughs> you know, being alone, this couple has its pros and cons. But the the best pro is that every every time you see each other, it's a vacation, right? Uh, because oh, yeah, you, it's like I miss you. Oh, I miss you too. Let's have fun. Um, so yeah, so when she was when she became pregnant, you know, and it, that was the game changer. I knew that I needed to be home. So I immediately shifted to part-time um, at my job and started working at an office that was in Texas, right? And so my concern was I wanted to be there for every doctor's appointment, you know, that she had. I wanted to uh, make sure I was there to pick her up from work, you know, because she's in a high-stress situation with the work that she does. And I just wanted to make sure I was there to support her. Um, and that took precedence over the money and the money was good. The, the money, <laughs> the, the money, Lord, the money was excellent. Right. But it was like, uh, is it worth the money if something happens to her? And, and the answer to that was no, it's not worth the money. So, you know, going through that transition, right. I, I think we all kind of talked about, you know, sitting down having that conversation. So, you know, dads, if you're out there listening, you know, make a plan, right? Uh, Sit down, have that conversation with with your spouse about, you know, what's important? What do we value, right? Um, And how does that balance out with, like, bills? You know, like, sit down and discuss the money. Uh, Sit down and discuss, you know, where is the money going? Are we in debt? What do we need to do about that? What do we need to change? Uh, you know, for Brian, you know, it was, hey, hey, it's better, you know, I stay at home and you take off running in the career, right? Uh, then we spend 20000 per child, you know, for Clamora, it's like, hey, you know, I worked in a daycare. Um, I think it's better off if I stay at home, right? 
for me, it was like, you know, I want to make sure I'm there to support my wife, um, that her health, you know, making sure that she's good takes precedence over, over the money. So, you know, all these different situations, it was value driven, but you guys sit down and had that conversation first about what are your values, right? Does family come first? Um, so check this out. This is our first episode. Uh, if you like the content, you know, definitely rate us, you know, give us five stars. If you love this content, check out our website, redefining fatherhood. Uh, we got a, our second episode is going to be even better. You're going to be growing with us as we get better, uh, in, in doing podcasts. But for the next episode, we're going to be talking about uh, fathers and seasoned fathers, right? So uh, we're going to be talking about what, how did we get influenced by our dads, good or good and bad, and how that plays out with our own children. Check us out on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on we're on every social media platform. Um, so check us out, honey. I'm home. peace, honey. I'm home. Till next time, y'all. Peace. <laughs>